Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus 158 and I'm here to tell you why Puss in Boots The Last Wish is a lot of fun. to join me once again for some film related discussion and yes i did spend a good chunk of time away from doing reviews i wanted to do reviews for at least a few films here and there but again life got in the way work got busy and my schedule just wasn't there that and these days i'm just very tired and i'd rather not give you an episode that feels low effort because sometimes when you're listening to something you can tell when someone just doesn't have their heart in it you can just tell by the tone of their voice and how they're doing things and I don't want to do that so I wanted to return when I had at least the energy and you know something good to talk about so with Puss in Boots finally getting released here in the UK I want to say a few weeks ago now I don't remember the date I was like you know what let me see what the hubbub is about because obviously the film was released in the states at the tail end of December and people were raving about the film, saying it was amazing, that the animation was so good that it had no right to be as good as it is. And a lot of people saying it was the best film since Shrek 2. And I'm like, okay. So let's see what the crack is. Um, and it did take me a little while longer to get around to watching it. I didn't get around to seeing it until last week when I saw that along with uh, Knock at the Cabin. And Puss in Boots, man. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, had no right to be as good as it is. It was damn good. And while, yes, there were definitely a few things here and there that could have been tweaked or I didn't enjoy as much when it came to certain plot and uh, humor elements. But as an overall film, man, just Puss in Boots 2 is so good. It's just like so fun. The vibe was there. And when I left the cinema, I was just leaving with a grin on my face and I had to look up the music afterwards as well because this film features one of the most catchiest theme songs that's been in a film for a while now uh, so yeah I'm basically just going to be talking about my positive experience with the movie and highlight all of the things that I really enjoyed but for those who aren't aware of what the plot is I'll try to summarize it as the following so after many adventures Puss in Boots has lost eight of his nine lives and fears death but once he finds out about a way to extend his life via a magic wishing star he heads off once again on an epic quest but unknown to him there are other individuals who are trying to get that wishing star and that's a way for me to summarize the plot without going into the area of spoilers so after hearing that premise it does sound fairly simple but as you see the film play out you realize that there's more going on under the surface the film deals with a lot of interesting elements when it comes to the lives and actions of Puss in Boots and the other main characters, with themes relating to mortality, friendship, loneliness, the connection between people and how you choose to live your life. For a kids animated film, there were a lot of more mature themes than I was expecting that were incorporated. The way it handled death, family and 
certain other things that I can't go into because that's very specific to the movie. But just seeing these things play out, I was shocked on a couple of occasions. Every so often there are family animated films that do just go that extra mile where I'm like, oh crap, okay, you're trying to do more than the average film. You actually have something to say. And it was just really cool to see that stuff play out. I can imagine there's certain sequences or certain elements of the story that could be kind of scary for younger children. So I am curious to know if certain parents did bring their kids to these films, you know, who are on the younger side, if they did get a little freaked out by some of the stuff that happened in the movie. It's not like crazy bad. You're not talking like Black Cauldron kind of like darkness where that film can... <laughs> Can definitely like you know leave an impression on like a younger person if they're not ready for some of those crazy darker plot elements and themes and visual imagery but it wasn't too bad and it was balanced out by plenty of humor and while it didn't always land for me the bits that did were pretty good the humor is snappy well-timed and you have a lot of really good visual gags verbal gags and the timing is pretty good and i also appreciated the pacing of this film this film starts out on 100 and just continues to go. It has one of the best opening sequences I've seen for a film for a while. And it's just super exciting. It's very action focused. It has a lot of humor. It's colorful. And again, it has a very good musical element that comes with it as well. From there, the film progresses. And while I will say towards the middle slash two thirds of the way in it did start to slow down a little bit because there was a few different plot elements happening with different characters in different places once we finally got to the finale things started to pick up again and another thing i appreciated about this film was how it can not only be viewed as a singular experience but also as an extension of the previous shrek related films as well I heard from a good few people, at least while I was listening to podcasts, that they went into Puss in Boots without having seen not only the previous film, but some people hadn't even seen the previous Shrek movies, and they were still able to enjoy the film as its own singular thing. And yeah, it's just a testament to how this film was created. But at the same time, if you have seen the previous Shrek films and the previous Puss in Boots movie, there are a number of references here and there from certain characters or certain verbal things that you'll be able to see oh okay that's pretty cool and that's again just a very strong element of this movie that you can just watch it as its own singular thing but if you have paid attention to those previous movies you are rewarded for your years of like checking out all that previous stuff essentially all right and now it's time to talk about the best aspect of this film which is the presentation I know it's been said by numerous people since the end of December, but it needs to be said again. The presentation for this film is bloody fantastic. It is stellar. And while it's primarily the visuals that a lot of people are talking about, I do need to give it up for the music slash audio side of things as well, because that was pretty darn good. But we'll start with the visuals first. This film is immaculate. I really appreciate the visual aesthetic they chose for this film, where it has a similar look to the visual style of the uh, last Puss in Boots and the Shrek movies. But rather than going for that more realistic meets cartoony side of things that they had perfected over the years. This one goes for a more painted look. It has a style that looks like a painting come to life. 
and you incorporate that with the 3D visuals of what happened in the previous Puss in Boots film. And you have this really stunning movie that if you pause it on a number of occasions, you could literally take certain frames and then just put them in a uh, picture on your wall, a poster, and they all look immaculate. You can tell that there was just a lot of care and attention that went into the design of everything from the locations, how certain scenes are framed, and each character has a very distinctive design. And just the uh, attention to detail on the cat fur or the textures of the clothing or, you know, just the dirt on the streets or the interiors, everything looks so nice. And the film has a great color palette with a lot of varied colors, a lot of scenes that are very vivid, some that give you happy feelings, certain films that invoke fear, certain ones that invoke like, you know, sometimes horror on a couple of occasions and the lighting, ooh, during some of those scenes is crazy. And the animation, ooh, gosh, I love it. It was so cool. The interesting thing is most of the film has the standard frame rate that you'd expect for a 3D animated film. But then during the action sequences, anything that requires fast motion goes into that lower frame rate style that was popularized by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And during some of these crazier action sequences, the frame rate goes a lot lower, but this leads to the animators going in on some of these crazy action sequences that are wonderfully choreographed. Very large in scope, you get a lot of close-ups, a lot of far-out shots, a lot of establishing shots, and the way the camera ducks and weaves and moves in and out of the action, it is fabulous. So fun to watch. Now, I will admit, the choice to have the lower frame rate during the action sequences was a bit of a surprise to me because I thought that they were adopting that lower frame rate during the whole film but it's literally just during the crazier action sequences and I don't know if that will work for everyone but for me it was a choice that was very interesting but paid off well because even though the frame rate was a lot lower it just meant that every movement that was happening during those action sequences was crafted in a way that you could tell everything had purpose had weight and was all done to perfection in my opinion and then there was the film score which i quite enjoyed i am not really familiar with this individual but the music was great uh their name is i'm gonna butcher this by the way Hector Pereira, and i haven't heard any of their previous film scores but they did a fantastic job with this the music helped elevate the scenes it was used in. It was whimsical, fun, energetic, but also dark, moody, sad on occasions. And it just had the right mood for every scene it was used in. Plus, this film features one of the most amazing songs I have heard in a while. That Fearless Hero song that Antonio Banderas sings along to as well, it's a banger. Once that song hits your brain, it will never leave. I've been humming that song on and off for the last like almost week since I saw it and it is just delightful and the fact that there's two versions one in the film and then one in the credits as well it's just oh it's pitch perfect it just has the right energy it's fun it's quirky it's just it energizes you in the best possible way man I I <laughs> I cannot recommend it enough if you haven't heard it already give it a listen it is fab all right, so I guess the only other element of this film I haven't highlighted is the characters who were all pretty darn good. 
there were some returning characters from previous films while there was a lot more new characters who were introduced but they all had their roles to play and they were all quite entertaining let's start off with antonio banderas who is just fabulous as pussy boots banderas lends this really cool energetic fun sassy and just magnetic energy to puss Puss has always been a captivating character since he showed up in Shrek 2. And in this film, he is cooler than ever, just very humorous, very energetic, doesn't fear death. He's very cocky and he's just fun to watch. But at the same time, there is this new layer to him that we get to see. After he's lost all of his lives, he has this fear of death where he just has to readjust how he conducts himself. He has these moments where he's down in the dumps. He has to change a few things. And just the way he has these interactions with people now is just very different from the character that we've seen beforehand. And just seeing him have to deal with the fact that death is upon him. There are some very cool and deeper things going on with this character that I didn't expect to see, but it was handled so well. And the return of Kitty Softpaws was uh, very much appreciated she was pretty good in the last film for what i remember and selma hayek she was pretty good i had a feeling it was her but the thing is selma hayek does have a type of cadence to her voice and it was very different from what i normally hear her you know sound like in my mind her and banderas had such great chemistry and that really comes through in their performances. Um, Kitty Softpaws and Puss in Boots, they have this interesting relationship, not only from the previous film, but also in this one as well. And just seeing them have this weird back and forth banter is just delightful. And Kitty Softpaws is still pretty cool being a thief herself, having her own like individual things that just make her super fun to watch. She was great. And you also have Henry Gullion, Oh man, I probably butchered that name, who plays the dog, Perito, and he was fun. He's just this super oblivious, happy-go-lucky dude who is weird, probably isn't aware of how annoying and like you know frustrating he can be, but there's this fine line that they ride between, you know, this dog being very annoying but also very cute and just uh his dumbness actually being quite funny at the same time. So yeah, he was he was great. And Goldilocks and the Free Bears, they were all pretty good with uh, Florence Pugh playing Goldilocks, which was pretty interesting. And the Three Bears, it's interesting that all three of them have like very specific English accents that I was surprised that they went for that choice. The accents do feel a little exaggerated for me, but the use of certain terminology that only English people would proper use, I was like, okay, I appreciate that to a degree. But yeah, it was good to see these characters. It was an interesting interpretation of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. They were they were pretty good. And then there was uh, John Mulaney as Big Jack Horner. Oh my God, this guy. He is such a transparent, very basic villain, but he was entertaining to watch. He was very fun, very obnoxious, self-aware. And it also helps that his voice by John Mulaney. Now, Mulaney, he has a very distinctive voice and it was hard for me to... Take away that voice and not think of Andrew from Big Mouth because even though I haven't seen the most recent season, Big Mouth has like its cast very well done with its characters and I can see Andrew whenever I hear that voice and it was kind of hard for me to separate during the movie but he was good in the role. But then there's the other character who showed up in this film, the wolf who was played by Wagner Mora. 
And oh my gosh, I have never seen a more sinister, chilling, and intimidating villain than this guy in this film. I don't want to say too much because I don't know how much was shown in the trailer because again I only saw the first one and even then I don't remember what that was like but this character oh my gosh he had such a distinctive design his voice was so intimidating and it's weird he rides this fine line between being uh you know very cool calm and collected and almost a little seductive in a way but once he you know turns the uh, the villain mode on and starts to get a little more aggressive he is intense and you just don't want to be near him he's the living embodiment of the boogeyman and my god he plays it so well mora has this menace in his voice where it's just like i don't want to be anywhere near you man you, you're you're terrible go away but yeah he he was fabulous in the role and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my thoughts on Puss in Boots The Lost, which is just a damn good film. And had this film showed up in the UK on time, it probably would have been in the higher echelon of my top 10. Maybe getting close to like maybe number six, because that top five I made was very hard for me to construct. But yeah, man, Puss in Boots, if you haven't seen it already, give it a watch. It is a darn good time. So yeah, now I turn it over to you, ladies and gentlemen. What did you think of Puss in Boots? Have you seen it? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? How do you think it stacks up with the previous film or the previous Shrek films, if you want to tie it to that universe as well? I would say this is my favorite film since Shrek 2. And yeah, it's just really good, man. I am very curious to see what's going to happen with this character if they, you know, go ahead and make more films in this series. But yeah, that'll do it for another episode of Film Focus, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and all those other places where podcasts can be found. And yeah, my review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania shall be coming pretty soon. But yeah, until then, I will leave it there. Thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace.